Hey everyone, my name's Anna, and you're listening to I Am Struggling, the podcast. A podcast where I, Anna, talk about things that I'm struggling with. Um, Today's episode has been one that I've been trying to get myself to do for a little while now, um, and I keep lacking the energy and willpower to do it, but I'm going to try tonight. Um... Yeah, the theme of this particular episode is relapse, something that I am struggling with. Um, It's something that's a mix of easy for me to talk about, but also hard for me to talk about. I want to talk about it, but at the same time, (laughs) I don't always want to talk about it. It's, um, yeah, it's complicated and and it's interesting for me to be talking about it in this capacity while I'm in the midst of it um this is not my first relapse by any means but it is the first mm, it is the first time I've been in this level of intensity of a relapse with this length of time of being in it um while in kind of the life situation that I'm in. I was talking about this in my therapy session earlier where, you know, in prior times in my life when I've been struggling in this way, um, and I guess I should clarify, this is a eating disorder relapse. Um, when I've been struggling in this way in the past to this level, it's been when I've been living alone, mostly, um, or when I haven't had the relationships that I have now. Um, My first, you know, several times going through treatment, especially doing residential um, treatment, I, yeah, I was um, single at the time, and I was living, I mean, I had housemates, but I never really saw them. You know, it was a different situation where I didn't really feel like I was leaving a lot, Um, I, you know, I didn't, (laughs) my job was really shitty and, um, yeah, it was just a different situation versus now where, you know, I have, or I'm married (laughs) to such a beautiful angel and I have these other relationships that are just really wonderful and I'm seeing friends, you know, I'm like engaged in being social, I'm not totally isolated, and I, you know, my job I'm doing now isn't my forever job, but I like it, and, um, yeah, and I guess I just have a lot more people actively in my life right now, and so that is kind of, um, changing the situation in a way that's positive where I have all these supports but also stressful where I have all these people who are watching me and feeling like I have um, uh, more pressure you know because before I'm like well if I fuck up you know I'll be miserable but um you know it's just me versus now where I'm like wow like there's people really wanting me to do the work so yeah so it's just interesting to be in that space and um I guess to give a little bit of context, I recently um, 
I recently had kind of a meltdown, kind of a breakdown, and I guess I'm not going to go into huge detail about that, but, um, you know, enough so that my provider, um, I had Riley come to my session with, with my prescriber, because this was, we were attempting to start a new medication, and um, while I don't think this breakdown was, like, in, you know, in total caused by that, I do think that it was a huge part of it. Um, so Riley came to my meeting with that provider and we talked about the meds and she made the choice to take me off of them, which is, I think, the right choice, but also frustrating because they were really miserable to get on and they're really miserable coming off of as well. But um, yeah, and then within that conversation, um, this provider recommended a higher level of care and I was not super thrilled to hear that, to be honest. Um, but she made me promise that I was going to do these certain steps, um, reach out to, you know, like a, um, a program and whatever. Um, and so I did. And then with the assistance of my therapist, um, and upon her recommendation, um, I was seeking out residential care for my eating disorder. Um, and I guess just a reminder, because I guess I'll probably end up talking about levels of care, um, for people who may not be like fully acquainted with the different terminology, um, the different levels of care, at least in the programs that I've been in, um, lowest level would be like outpatient. So just like seeing my therapist and my psychiatrist. Um, so those are people I see once a week or my psychiatrist once a month, every two months. Um, and then a higher level of care than that, the next step up is IOP, which is intensive outpatient. So in the context of which I've participated in IOP, um, this is all pretty much through the lens of an from eating disorder treatment centers, um, the one that I've previously gone to. IOP, I was there in program for about three hours, three times a week. So in total, I guess that's about like nine, nine hours a week, like nine or 10 hours a week. Um, and then the next step up from that is PHP, which is partial hospitalization. And so for that, I was in program Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 3.30. So that's, I can't do math, four, seven, so like out close to 30 hours a week. Um, and then the next step up from that is residential. That's 24 seven. Um, it is a high level of care. It is not the highest level of care. Um, in residential, it's typically modeled after kind of like apartment living. Um, at least the place that I had gone and the, and the place that we're talking about me going. Um, but you have access 24 seven to staff. Um, and you know, you do breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack, possibly another snack after that. I mean, it's, you're there for every meal. 
Um, and with that model as well, typically you're, it's, it's voluntary. Typically, I mean, there can be different levels of voluntary to that. You know, you could be, it could be used as an ultimatum. Like if you don't do this, then this, but typically, um, like you can sign yourself out, like you can leave, um, at will. There's consequences to that in terms of like being able to step down to a lower level of care, um, and like insurance stuff, but you, you can leave. Um, it's not like a locked ward. Then the highest level of care is inpatient, and that is 24-7 as well. Oftentimes, you are unable to sign yourself out of inpatient, um, and inpatient is where it's the most highly medicalized of all of the levels of care, so inpatient would be where you might see like an NG tube, um, so like tube feeding, and um, while all levels of care do focus on like medical stabilization typically, um, inpatient does that the most. Um, so yeah, so anyway, just to review <laughs> the levels of care, because um, I know sometimes I start talking about stuff and jumping around and, and maybe people aren't super familiar with the levels of care of the language. Um, but yeah, so pretty much my provider was like, yeah, you need to like reach out. And so I did. I reached out to different programs with COVID, a lot of places like the treatment facility I'd been to before. I couldn't even get an intake until December 5th. Um, it's mid-November right now. Um, so that intake is the first step where they kind of do like an evaluation and tell you the level of care that they would suggest. Um, but luckily I was able to get um, to contact other programs and um, do intakes there and I'm currently on a wait list for a residential program. Um, it is one that I've never been to before um, but I've heard really great things about from people who have been there and with COVID it is a six-week wait list um, which is for me in the sense that I have a little bit more time to like put things in order I guess like kind of like let work know what's going on um, but at the same time it's a long wait and knowing that it's coming is really hard um, it's also one of those things like with residential they pretty much give you a call and they're like you gotta come now um, so you have to be ready <laughs> to go. And we were looking at, um, my therapist and I were looking at different facilities and she had recommended one that was in Florida. Um, there was talk about me going to one that was in Chicago. Luckily this one is closer than those places um, as someone who really hates traveling. But um, it's, you know, still a couple hours away and, you know, I'm still very nervous about it. Um, it's really like, it's one of those things where there's a part of me that that looks forward to some of the comfort of it of people telling me what to do um structure you know but also it's really hard work and that's something that's been coming up a lot where you know because I've had people ask me they're like 
especially because this is a different facility than I've been to in the past, they're like, does this one work better? Is this one better? Um, and what I've heard is like, yeah, it is. But, but they're like, a lot of people are asking, so like, you're going to go and you're going to be cured, right? Like, this is going to be the one that fixes you. Um, some people said that in fewer and those words and greater words. Um, but that has been coming up a lot. And that is really stressful because ultimately I have to be the one to do the work and I've tried to explain this to people where it's kind of like you know if you say like I'm gonna go to grad school and I'm getting my MSW um, people go that's amazing that's awesome and then there's like this expectation that like it's just inevitable like yeah you're going and you're inevitably gonna graduate and then you're gonna have your MSW um, but the actuality is that the person who's going has to write the papers and do the clinicals and balance everything and do a lot of really fucking hard work and um, and it's hard for people to conceptualize who who aren't that person I mean I even have it with my sister who's getting her PhD I yeah I just expect that she's gonna get it and I tell people she's at MIT getting her PhD and we're all like whoa that's that's amazing and it is but I don't have to live the day to day and and it's I can't even conceptualize like what she's gonna have to do so I don't get upset when people can't conceptualize what my reality is gonna be for whatever length of time I'm in residential but um but it is it's it's something that I have to think about where I'm like yeah I'm gonna go and I have to do the work like I have to sit down at every meal I have to go through the pain of refeeding I have to challenge my thoughts I have to show up to the groups I have to sit with the discomfort I have to like put in the time and the work and the energy and go through the physical and emotional and mental pain of trying to get into a space of recovery again and then once I'm discharged I have to keep it up um and I think I'm really struggling right now because I know recovery isn't linear that's like a one of the staple sayings like recovery isn't linear and it's fucking not um but I I feel this pressure to have a linear recovery right now that like I'm gonna go I'm gonna do the work I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna be better and you know not perfect better but but sustaining and not using my behaviors and stuff and I like I don't know I was talking to my therapist about it today where I said like I've never once graduated treatment and done what they told me to do I've there are times I've done closer to what I'm supposed to be doing than other times but there's never been a time where I've come out and been able to maintain a structured scheduled meal plan or not use exercise behaviors or you know it's um so I'm scared <laughs> I'm nervous and I feel this intense pressure some of which is also self-imposed some of it is definitely me putting that pressure on myself and telling myself that people are expecting all this of me in ways that I don't think are fully true there's some truth to it but not fully you know as much as I'm putting on myself um but yeah, so I'm feeling a lot of anxiety around that and about 
life changes that will come with it too of like having to leave my job I haven't even dealt with that at all yet um I'm super (laughs) privileged to be in a space where I'm married to someone who has a job that can support both of us financially while I am out of financial commission and that I have insurance through that person that covers this care like I'm really fucking lucky I'm really privileged for that um and I have a lot of guilt around that too where I'm like how come I get to have all these chances but um yeah I I think having these six-ish weeks I don't know exactly how long it's gonna be you know they could call me anytime but um having this like you know over a month probably wait knowing that this is coming is hard and frankly it is making the eating disorder voice that much louder because it knows that it's about to be really challenged and so it's like I'm just like full all in like the thought patterns and um, the behaviors because it's like do it while I still can you know like my final hurrah like a bender um is it like trying to challenge that too it's yeah it's a lot um and I'm totally overwhelmed but um I do have a funny story (laughs) if you're anyone who talks to me in like regular life you've already heard the story and it's I don't know whatever but if you're not someone who talks to me in everyday life maybe you haven't heard it yet um I so I was on the phone with my therapist and we were talking about you know levels of care and treatment and stuff and so she was she said to me she was like listen like I know that this is really hard and like whatever but I I would really like if possible to know your weight so that I can tell the treatment facility what the weight is um because unfortunately that plays some role in um treatment and I haven't had a scale in forever a really long time um, and at this point, my eating disorder really isn't that much about my weight or my body shape. Like, sometimes when I'm really in it, like, I use that as a measure of the behavior and, you know, whatever. But it's it's not, like, a focal thing for me, my weight. Um, but I don't have a scale because I don't want the temptation. And I think that if I did have it, I think that I would try to utilize it as a marker of um progress not in the correct way not in a healthy way um so I don't have a scale and I was reaching out to people that I knew I felt comfortable with asking if they had a scale or maybe their housemates had a scale just so I could do this one way in and no one had one so I ended up having, I went to Walmart, <laughs> with like, I went to Walmart and I unboxed one of the scales 
and just like stripped down in the aisle of Walmart to like my base layer. It's like taking off my jacket and my sweatshirt and all this stuff. And yeah, I uh, weighed myself in the aisle of Target. Or excuse me, not Target, Walmart. <laughs> Walmart. It wasn't even Target. I feel like, no, I'm, I, I guess I'm glad. I'd rather that this happened in Walmart. And it happened in like the cursed Walmart. I mean, every Walmart's a little bit cursed, but this particular one is, like, cursed. Um, yeah, and then I just put it back in the box and, like, went on my merry way. But I was like, I'm going to end up in a People of Walmart book, like, or the, you know, Facebook page or something. Just, like, weighing myself <laughs> in the middle of Walmart. I told my mom about it, and she, like, got, like, upset. She was like, I raised you better than that. I was like, then what? Like, opening a scale? and putting it back and she was like well yeah you didn't even buy it and I was like yeah I would like I absolutely should not own it and it didn't do anything bad to it like I didn't whatever we got into like an altercation small altercation <laughs> but yeah um so I weighed myself in Walmart and it actually it went fine I didn't like ruminate too hard on anything but um yeah I don't know I <laughs> It's so funny, like, people have been asking me, too, like, what, like, everyone wants to know what is causing this relapse right now, and I'm like, wouldn't you like to know? Because wouldn't I like to know? Like, it's very, um, I've been trying to answer that question for people, and I've been trying to answer it for myself, and I don't really know, like, I can, mm, I can, like, reflect that. I mean, I have no sense of time, but I know, like, the beginning of fall was kind of stressful. Like, I remember having a lot going on emotionally and, like, kind of some big life things happening with people around me and, like, being really stressed out about that. And then also, like, bringing up some grief stuff. And I know, I don't know, like, I guess that that was a part of it. And then, like, the med thing certainly didn't help. Um, but it's, this time when this happened, the fact that I'm even using the word relapse right now um, is a huge adjustment from about two and a half weeks ago. Because I really... Like, I knew I wasn't doing great, but I didn't know I was doing that bad. And there are sometimes when I know, like, I, there are times where I know that I am doing, like, really poorly. And I would say over the past year and a half, <clears throat> two years maybe, like, I've certainly had periods of time where it's, my behaviors have gotten really intense and really unmanageable, but it normally subsides after about, like, a week and a half. Like I was having these periods of like a week and a half where I totally was feeling like derailed and then I would kind of bounce back from it and be okay. But I suppose if I do reflect that there has been a steady maybe increase in behaviors and in thought patterns and stuff over the past few months and um, but yeah, I truly didn't think it was that bad and then I got called out by my psychiatrist about it and then I like 
told a couple people that she said that I need a higher level of care. And then I feel like because I said that, people felt more comfortable to tell me, like, yeah, duh. Like, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, like, I, like, was have been worried about you. Or I had a friend be like, yeah, you've been in a relapse for a while. And I was like, relapse? Like, I got, like, rip shit. I was like, what the fuck? Like, who do you think you are saying that? Like, why do you feel like you can say that to me? Like, getting pissy, which is defensiveness, which is my eating disorder. <laughs> you know, try to protect itself. Like, what? Like, I'm not that bad. Like, I'm fine. Um, I didn't, like, go off of this friend or anything. This was internalized. But, um, yeah. And then I guess I kind of reflected a little bit more on it. And I was like, okay. Like, maybe there's some truth to this. And then, you know, it's hard. It's a space of maybe, like, I would say, like, my logic self, my, my wise mind, as one would maybe say, um, is able to recognize that I am not doing well, like I am struggling and my caloric intake is not high enough to be sustainable and I am in these thought patterns, you know, like my wise mind can like say that. But then my eating disorder brain is totally just like off the rails right now, off the fucking rails of, you know, one of my things is I eat a cookie every day for breakfast. I've done this for forever. Even when I was in residential before, like that was a thing. And, you know, my therapist always is like, yeah, like you're trying to use that as like a defense of your behaviors. Where I'm like, I ate a cookie this morning I had a cookie so I don't have an eating disorder which is absolute fucking bullshit and like frankly if anyone else said that to me I'd be like this bullshit <laughs> but I'm so able to do this mental gymnastics in my head about myself where I'm like no like you dumb bitch like you who do you think you are like you don't have an eating disorder you're fine or even like, okay, you're not doing great, but like, whatever. Or it's not that bad. Um, or like I was telling my therapist today, I'm like, okay, I'm now in a place of where anything is too much. You know, there's no control limit of like, okay, I can have these things. And if I only have those things, then it'll be an okay day. It's like, no, if I have anything, it's too much. Um, and that when I get like that I'm like okay <laughs> I guess it's kind of a problem um <laughs> maybe there's a maybe there's an issue going on I don't know maybe but yeah um so things are kind of shitty <laughs> it's kind of sucks and it's hard you know like I hard for the people around me like my poor beautiful wife we went to Trader Joe's and I got pissed and threw a temper tantrum I was yelling in Trader Joe's um I mean plot twist I hadn't eaten enough that day um and I yeah I went off I yelled I put things back on the shelf and was like I'm not fucking doing this 
um, I, yeah, I've been going off at my support people. I've been super irritable. Um, it's hard to participate in my activities that I enjoy doing. I feel like I'm filling out a fucking questionnaire right now at the doctor's. Like, do you have a loss of interest in activities that you formerly enjoy, you know? Um, but yeah, but it's one of those things where it's just like, even with all of that, like, it's hard for me to fully be like, yeah, this is a relapse. And it's hard for me to even imagine doing all the work. And one reason that I'm open to going to residential is, I mean, I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Like, this is just misery for myself and for everyone around me. Like, that's a big part of it. Um, but I also recognize too that like a huge part of my mood swings and rationality and getting really stuck in these thought patterns is because funny my brain isn't able to operate at the level that it needs to operate at to be like a functional human being because I am not giving it what it needs to sustain that like I'm I'm so in it and physiologically and psychologically and all this shit like it no wonder um and so as much as I really don't want to go through the pain of refeeding because that shit fucking sucks it's so painful um, I recognize that I have to do that to be a functioning person again. And, you know, I would really love to be a functioning person. I would love to be able to show up in my relationships in the way that I want to. I would love to be able to enjoy things. I want to be able to do stuff. I want to be able to, you know... It's hard because there are things where I can like still do it, but I'm miserable while I'm doing it, or just like feel physically shitty while I'm doing it. Um, I don't know. It's it's exhausting. And my mother asked me on the phone when I told her about. That I, that I was going to have to go back to treatment. She asked me if this is something that people ever get better from. Like she was like, do people ever get better from an eating disorder? Or is it like a chronic illness sort of thing? And I can't speak for everyone with an eating disorder, obviously. But speaking for myself and for what seems to be the most common experience is that it is kind of a lifelong thing. And that in and of itself is just like exhausting to think about. And it tinges this whole layer of like um, frustration on my end where I'm like, wow, like here I am. I haven't been in formalized treatment for since before my sister died, so over two years. And I'm going back. You know, it feels like they do this thing, that, you know, in treatment where they show you 
this is what people think recovery looks like and it's like a straight line going up and we're like this is what recovery actually looks like and it's like this squiggly up and down backwards forwards line and I get that but it's hard to not feel like it's just only going backward right now like and I need to remember too that like even if I'm going directionally backwards it's not the same it's not me like rolling partway up a hill and then rolling back down like I'm not rolling over the same path it's like a different path a different trail different road um familiar to when I've rolled down before but not the exact same and as exhausting as it is there's still an opportunity to like roll up a new hill of like a, a preferable healthier happier hill um it's a lot it's a lot of work and I don't want to do it <laughs> I really don't want to do it but I want to feel like not shit <laughs> enough to at least try um, but I have a lot of fear right now I have a lot of fear that I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do and also as I've been confronted with in treatment and therapy that I'm a perfectionist um, which I you know I remember being in a group in treatment it was a perfectionism group and I was I remember in the group being like I don't think I'm a perfectionist like I verbalized that I said I don't feel like a perfectionist because I was like I'm disorganized I'm messy I you know I don't care and my penmanship is terrible you know all these things that you think of when you think of per perfectionist um but I got challenged on that in a way where I was like oh you know what you're right I am a perfectionist um in my expectations for myself and like what you know what I think I need to do and um Yeah, just being like kind of a perfectionist in in this whole situation that I'm not going to do it good enough or I'm not going to be I'm not going to do recovery good enough um, and everyone's watching me yeah I guys it's going to be so, <laughs> it's going to be so hard gonna be so miserable um and hopefully good and hopefully positive but I'm it's a lot to face and I'm still feeling kind of like whiplash where I really wasn't expecting this and then it was kind of like a wham, bam, like, 
you need a higher level of care, you need residential, you're on the wait list. Um, all within a week of where, you know, the week prior, I wouldn't have, I would have told you no, there's no way that I'd need residential or treatment or help. Um, You know, I feel kind of like with last episode where I was like, I don't feel like this is really um, particularly entertaining. I feel like I'm repeating myself. I say this every episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't really set out with this episode with an intention of landing in a specific spot more so I just was feeling the need to like talk about it and you know spew words and try to process it myself um and yeah I've been I've been reading a lot of um books about eating disorders recently like memoir about fiction books and then memoirs um and a lot of them especially the fiction either ends with a death it's like scare tactic death sort of thing or kind of ends on the character seeking recovery. A lot of the memoirs also conclude on a recovered note. The author being like, I'm in recovery or, you know, have access to some level of recovery. But I recently read just finished the other day. I finished this memoir. It was called Empty. And I can't, the, I think it's Susan something, Susanna something. Um, the author. It's a memoir by a woman who was writing about her experiences with anorexia and binge eating. And it was a really amazing book. I really enjoyed it. I appreciated that the author omitted um, details that I wouldn't say like the book isn't triggering or anything. And like there's there are details, but excluding certain things that other books often contain that are um, more so I think like aiding in people who are using behaviors or. I, I don't know. She did a really good job of being super real, super brutally honest, um, but being mindful of that. And then, and then also I loved where her book concluded and I feel like I'm not giving away any huge spoiler here. Um, but she ended the book on like, I don't have an answer. You know, she was like, I'm not recovered. She was like, I'm 
better than I was, certainly, like, you know, I'm in a better space mentally and physically than I've been in the past. She was like, but I am still grappling with it and I don't have the answers and I don't know the answers and I don't know if I'm ever going to know the answers and she was just really real about it and that was like what I was looking for um also a lot of the books that I was reading especially the fiction it was a lot of young adult fiction um so that's kind of my jam recently a lot of that was um even some of the memoirs I was reading my behaviors and my anorexia doesn't follow the you know stereotypical anorexia that you see in a lot of books and TV and stuff like that um I don't always look sick in the way that people with anorexia are often shown um I'm, I mean I'm thin and that certainly changes the experience for me compared to a lot of people who have anorexia who aren't considered thin um but like I don't look like a lot of um what you might see or read about I don't <laughs> I don't weigh myself I've certainly gotten hung up on weight before and at points it has been a part of um you know it's been an issue for me but I'm not hyper fixated on it my dietary choices you know my quote fear foods versus other people's fear foods like I I can eat um eat like bread I eat my cookie every morning a lot of time you know the way that people think about anorexia it's like oh they'll only eat salad and or only healthy food quote healthy food or like whatever all this other shit and for me that's not how it works um <laughs> you know there's just like all of these things where it's not just me like eating disorders don't have a certain look and they don't always follow this idea that's out there that's perpetuated by a lot of media and um, by doctors <laughs> by scientists by people in their day-to-day -day life like I mean it's just eating disorders can look all different types of ways and reading a lot of the stuff that I was you know I'm not trying to discredit there's a memoir I read by a woman who did have very severe anorexia um, in a way that manifested where she did she fit those things of being 
very emaciated and needing to um, be tube fed and she she only ate salad you know like she followed that and that's not to discredit her experience or like talk shit about that like no that's real um she weighed herself and was very concerned with all that but um I guess just putting it out there that for a lot of people it's hard to see yourself in certain uh like seeing yourself in media depicting eating disorders and I certainly see myself a lot more than other people might um being thin and young and white and a girl um but just recognizing that eating disorders don't look a specific way and saying that also to remind myself because when I'm doing my mental gymnastics that's one of the things I'll say to myself I'm like you know you ate your cookie you don't have an eating disorder which is absurd but when you're in your head it's hard you know I don't know I feel like I'm on a rant <laughs> I'm on a rant but I don't know where I'm going I don't know where I started with it I'm all over the place I really wanted to say like I wanted to come on and do this like relapse episode and like be profound but maybe be a little bit funny and like bring up all this other shit about treatment and you know whatever and like my past experience with relapse and like how I came out of it and I'm like I don't fucking know like I don't have it in me right now like I'm in the trenches like I'm fucking in it I'm so in it right now and it's kind of hard being in it like trying to talk about it in any way that's like reflective or I don't know anything other than just being like wow this fucking sucks <laughs> like I I know I've gotten out of this before I've gotten out of this doing far worse than I'm doing right now I've gotten out of it before but I'm kind of getting tired of having to get out of it um I really just want to be fixed and done and and part of my life where I go that's the past uh but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case it kind of seems like it's going to be a lifelong thing to deal with and I'm trying to prepare myself for that and take it one step at a time and not get too hard on myself because um, like I said like I'm getting really in my head right now where I'm, who am I to have all these chances who am I to be able to quit my job and do this um, just a lot of guilt a lot of shame which are two big eating disorder words guilt and shame um, not a lot of hope right now <laughs> I mean I have hope but I don't think I have acute hope it's, it's very hard for me to access that right now I have this like out there maybe it'll get better someday sort of hope um but yeah and fear about re-entering treatment um I got a lot of stuff good in my life right now and I don't really want to step away from it but I know that if I keep doing what I'm doing I'm not gonna be I'm already not able to access a lot of that good stuff and 
um, and I will exhaust the resources of the people that are creating the goodness in my life. So that is where I'm at. Happy relapse, everyone. Hopefully I'll record something else maybe before I'm in treatment. Otherwise expect some hiatus, which is not abnormal for this podcast because I do not do it consistently. Um, Thank you as always for listening. I appreciate it. You guys all rock. Um, Yeah, and hopefully... Hopefully I'll have some, something good to share. (laughs) Um, yeah. I'm struggling. A lot right now. Um, but that's life. And it's gonna get better. And I'm about to have to do a lot of really hard work, but I'm gonna do it. And I'm going to do it dialectic right there for my DBT bitches. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it so good. But not perfect, because it doesn't have to be perfect. (laughs) Alright. I'm Anna. This is I Am Struggling, the podcast. Thank you as always for listening. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye!